This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good. It is great to see you all. Well, we have a message. Uh, we're completing our series this morning, Faith of the Finisher, and then we're going to be celebrating water baptism at the end of the service today, which is super exciting. We have some people getting baptized here in the first service and then also in the second service, just going public with their faith, and we're going to celebrate along with them today as a church family. Well, as we have been talking about the last few weeks, um, we've been looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, and and we see over and over again in the New Testament, uh, life compared to a race. And as we have been discussing, that it's not a sprint, life is not a sprint, um, that it is actually a marathon. And as we think about life, it could be described uh, as a marathon or as a relay race. Those of us uh, in the church have received the baton from the previous generation, and then we're going to pass the baton to the next generation. But as I've been describing life as a race, it could be like a steeplechase. Now, if you don't know what a steeplechase is, it's one of those races that there's hurdles, and then sometimes on the other side of a hurdle, there's a pool that you have to jump in and climb your way out of. And that is what life is like sometimes. It is a steeplechase that there are some difficulties that we're going to be facing. But the, scriptures ha- the scripture has a lot of solutions for us, um, ways so that we can get through all of these difficulties. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, and he says but this, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am ready to be poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. He says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. <clears throat> and that should be our desire. Um, that Paul specifically in his life, he's talking about that he's near to death. But this isn't just a a near-to-death idea that we all are in seasons of life and we want to finish the season of life that we are in and we want to do all these things. We want to say about this season, I have fought the fight, I have finished the race. We want to get to the finish line and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And he said, I have kept the faith. So there's lots of seasons in life. You know, maybe if you're in high school, that's a specific season. Maybe a season of singleness and a season of marriage, a season of parenting specific to you. Your career is in a certain season. There is a definite starting place for the season that you are in. But what we want to do as we're talking about today, we want to get to the finish line. So Paul, looking at his life, he gives us this retrospective thinking, but it helps us with our future. First Corinthians chapter 9, he says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. This is what we want to do for the season of life we are in. We want to get the prize. We want to hit the finish line tape. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I'm not just running in any old direction. I'm running in the direction that God would have for me right now in this season of life. He says, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. In other words, 
purposeless. That we actually have a specific purpose from God in this season of life that we are in right now. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So we know that the finish line in this season of life is the goal. And and since that's the goal, it takes every moment in the race that we're running right now and the season that we're in right now, and it gives it new meaning. The responsibilities that we have, the opportunities that we have right now in this season uh, gives it greater purpose, greater meaning. Why? Because we want to get to the finish line. We just don't want to stop halfway. We actually want to get to the finish line. So week one, we talked about being a starter. For you to get to the finish line, you have to start. And, and we want to start the things that God has for us, the opportunities that God has given to us, the responsibilities that God has given to us. We don't want to be lazy. We don't want to be do, doing nothing. And then we don't want to be doing too many things that we can't actually get to the finish line in any of them, but we want to start the things that God has for us to start. And then after we start, we need to know where we are going. We need to live with intentionality. Everybody's life is going somewhere, but not everybody's life is going somewhere on purpose. And so what we want is the purposes of God right now in this season. So what is my desired endpoint? What is the purpose of the season I'm in right now? And then we want to get on the path that God has for us. We want to hear the voice of God and do his bidding for our lives. And then last week we talked about this attitude. This attitude that will carry us regardless of what season we are in. This attitude of gratefulness. This attitude of thankfulness. And those are the three things that we've touched on so far. If you missed any of those messages, you can catch up on our website and then also through our podcast and then through our church app. But today, we are going to talk about persevering to the finish line. We need to start. We need to know where we're going. We need to be grateful on the journey, but we want to get to the finish line. We want to pass through the tape. We want to get the prize. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, like I said, some seasons, depending on what we're describing, some seasons can be two weeks long. And we're like, yes, finish line, no problem. Other seasons that we could describe, they could be 20 years long. They could be 30 years long. Can I get an amen for a 30-year journey? <laughs> it's a little less exciting, maybe, because we don't know, you know, 30 years, so many changes. I mean, if you've lived five years, 10 years, you can see life changes a lot, and life continues to change, and there's a lot of uncertainty. But what we want to do is we want to get to the finish line. We want to persevere to the end, and God wants to help us to do that. And the Apostle Paul's life is such a great testimony of that. So we want to finish the race. We want to complete the race. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. That we should have confidence That God is carrying us to the finish line, as it were. He's completing something in us. And that he's going to complete something through us as we move to the finish line of the season that we are in. But we have to be confident. What does confidence sound like? It sounds like faith. Got to have faith in God. We have to know that the season we are in, that the season that God has placed us in right now, 
that I can be confident that God is helping me to get to the finish line. It is the purpose of God for my life, not, not just to start me, not just to set me in a direction, not just to set me on the right path, but he wants me to get to the finish line. I fought the, fight, I fought the good fight of faith. I kept the faith. I finished the race. We should desire this to be our testimony. We need to be confident that we can be finishers. Confident. I can make it. The race is not over. I still see you. You're not six feet under. I got to be confident that I can get to the finish line, that God is actually helping me to get to the finish line of the season I am in. Now, when we read about Paul and we read about that he fought the good fight of faith and he kept the faith, finished the race, Paul had a very unique journey in life that he was, originally we see him in the book of Acts that he was opposing the church, coming against the church. He was party to uh, the murder of one of the church leaders and then he had a great transformational experience in, in Acts chapter 9 and Jesus appeared to him. And then from then on, he was an advocate for the church. And not only an advocate for the church, that he was probably one of the greatest church planners ever. And he would go on these journeys, these church planning journeys. And he'd plant churches in different places. And then he would go back through. You can look in the back of your Bible and you can see one of the maps. And you'll see Paul's missionary journeys. And all of those are listed in the book of Acts. And he would go through these places. He would plant a church and then he would come back through the city and he would affirm those churches. Um, but one of the things that would happen that Paul, because, you know, there's no internet, he couldn't call anybody. What would happen is that he would plant a church and then he would leave. And then sometimes afterwards, some false teacher would come in and teach something else. And then Paul had to go back in there and correct all of the false teaching. And then sometimes he would write a letter, like what we have as the New Testament. If he would write a letter to these churches, and one of the things that he would do, he would correct error from these false teachers. But here in this description, in uh, 2 Corinthians, we're going to see Paul is addressing this idea, this whole section of Scripture. He's addressing these false teachers, and he's actually telling the church at Corinth kind of some of the stuff that he went through. And as we read some of the stuff that Paul went through on his race of life, you will no longer feel sorry for yourself. You know, we kind of have a lot of first world problems. Right? We have slow Wi-Fi some places, right? And we complain about it. And not to diminish some of the, obviously, people are obviously going through difficult situations. But Paul went through this whole difficult season of life as a church planner. And what we never want to do is we never want to feel sorry for ourselves. But what we want to do is we want to be confident that we can make it to the finish line. So let's read some of these things that Paul went through, some of these difficulties that he went through so that we know if Paul made it, man, so can I. That God wants me to get to the finish line. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22 says this. So he's talking now, once again, he's referencing these false teachers and he's comparing himself to them. He says that, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? And I like how Paul says this. He's like, I'm a better one. He's just being honest. 
Because he would go and he would plant all of these churches and then these guys, these false teachers, would come in on the foundation that somebody else had laid and they would just tell lies, right? So Paul is just being honest, like, hey, I'm a better servant. I'm a, and he says, I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, listen, with countless beatings. Now that's, you've been beat a lot of times when you lost count, right? It's like, how many, was that 15 or 16? I don't know. Does it really matter when you get to a certain level, how many times that you have beat? And then, and he says, and often near death. Many times people would beat him so badly and then they would thought he was dead. They would, he would go to a place and he would plant a church and they'd be excited. And then the religious people in the city, they would be mad and they would come against Paul. And sometimes they would beat him up, take him outside the city and leave him. Well, I guess he's dead. He's done with was not the case. Listen to this. Verse 24. Five times, so he didn't lose track of this, I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes, lest one. How many is that, friends? That's 39 times. Five different occasions, he was whipped 39 times. And we're like, slow Wi-Fi. It's really bothering me. I don't know if I can make it. I'm not sure if I can make it to the finish line. I go to Walmart and their Wi-Fi is bad. Paul is having these real difficult journeys. Five times at the hand of Jews, he received 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. This is not a drug situation. He's talking about. This is actual rocks thrown at him. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift at sea. Now wait, the list is not done. And any of these things, would you not think Paul might say to himself on the race, you know what, I might just retire. I'm just going to quit. You know, the five times beaten with rods, maybe you and I, once we got to the fourth time, beaten with rods, we might think to ourselves, you know what, I might need to look into a different line of work. <laughs> Nobody knew that the race he was on was the race God had for him. All of these things were designed to get Paul to quit. And this is true of us. God starts us sending us in a direction and the enemy wants us to quit. The enemy wants us to, to throw up our hands and say, not again. I can't face it again. It's too many things. It's too hard. It's too difficult. The pressure is too great. The enemy is wanting us to stop. But what I would say about your life and about my life is that we can't stop. Why can't we stop? Because we are serving the purposes of God in our generation. That we are bringing the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And see, this is what the enemy wants to stop. This is why the enemy brings these things into our pathway. Because he wants us to quit. He wants us to give up. He wants us to say it's too hard. He wants us to say the hassle is too great. But Paul said at the end of his life, after going through all of these things, I kept the faith. I finished the race. And this is what we should want as our testimony. So we're not done the list yet. 
Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I was adrift at sea. A day and a night adrift at sea. A whole day. I don't know, I don't know if this was, you know, like Rose uh, at the Titanic holding on to the thing or if he's actually treading water. We're not exactly sure. But how many know there's some thinking time in there when you have 20, you know, 36 hours of time just to be in the water to think? And things aren't going well. Things weren't going well for Paul. And the list is not done. And in that thinking time, we could just think, you know, I'm going to give up. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I'm going to quit. Verse 26. On frequent journeys... In dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles. So that's everybody. Dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness. That's everywhere. Dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers. Now, this is not a, a brother that you have a disagreement with. This was somebody that you thought was your brother, and then you found out later they were a deceiver. They were a liar, like, oh, oh. And you got betrayed. Paul had a few of those. How many of you know that wants to make you quit? You ever been betrayed? Not, not a disagreement. A disagreement is just a thing. A betrayal is a whole other level. In any of those times, Paul could have quit. The enemy wanted him to quit. But Paul had the purposes of God that he was walking out. You have the purposes of God that you are walking out in your life. Don't diminish it. Don't think it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Your life in the hands of God is a big deal. You know, I'm just me. What's the big deal? If I quit. See, but one of the things that God has us do in the body of Christ, that he wants us to be influential. He actually wants us to serve others, help others, bless others. And then when we step out of the game... Because of pressure, not only do we affect our lives negatively, but all of the other people that God would have us bless and help and pray for and serve are also affected. See, the enemy wants you to quit, but you're too li your life is too important for you to quit. Paul, through all of this, and then we read in Timothy, he said, I fought the fight. Now we know what he was talking about, right? Don't you think this is a fight? I mean, he is in for the fight of his life. Every city, in the city and in the wilderness. Everywhere he goes. He's facing opposition from the Jews and the Gentiles. And that's a way of describing everybody. Every, everybody he meets potentially could be opposing him. But he said, I fought the fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. In the midst of all of this. In toil and hardship. Through many sleepless nights. And hunger and thirst. Often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from all other things. There is the daily pressure on me. Of my anxiety. For all the churches. All of the pressure. That Paul felt. On the race of life.
but he made it through. Didn't he make it through? He made it through. I fought the fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. So after reading that, once again, I, I know you have real life things that you're facing, but Paul had some stuff, right? Paul had some real life difficulties that he w- was going through. Some real hardship. And so how is it that Paul made it through? We're going to look at three things today that will help us to get to the finish line. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11 says this, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. We're going to talk about joy in a second. Giving thanks, we talked about this, to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. What did Paul say as he was writing to the church, the Colossian church? And now we know what he went through. So now we know he, he knew what he was talking about. For all endurance and patience. We need endurance. Running the race. We want to finish the race. What do we need? We need endurance and patience. Just like we say, if we're running a marathon, you, you know, you're going to need to train before the day of the race, right? Why? Because you haven't built up your endurance. So there's a way to build up your endurance in God. I can endure. I can endure hardship by the grace of God, by the help of God. And then what did he say? And patience. If you're in a 30-year season before the finish line hits, what do we need? We need to endure, and then we need to be patient. How are we all doing with patience? I know I, I don't know about you, I'm sure you're extremely patient. I am not the most naturally patient person out there. You know, if there's... You, you know, if we're going to, you know, sometimes you go to the movies. This happens sometimes in the theater near our house. So we go to the movies, and then there's like four kiosks open, but one line forms. Drives me crazy. Because I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I know somehow I'm supposed to stay at the back of the line, but this line over here has only got two people. I don't know what these people are looking at. And I'm kind of like trying to see, are they paying attention? And my wife is there, and she's like, just be patient. I'm like, babe, I don't want to have patience right now. I just want to get to the front of the line. Patience. We need patience. And patience is just like any other muscles. What do you have to do? You've got to exercise it. I, I want to get to the finish line. I'm going to endure, and I'm going to be patient. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. I'm going to endure to the fulfillment of the promise. The promise is the finish line. So if I haven't received the promise yet, I'm still in the race. The race is not over. If the culmination of the dream is not yet, the race is still going on. Don't quit. But this is happening and this is happening. The Apostle Paul knows. 
beaten this many times, done this, whipped, false brothers, this place, that place, all the things got to the finish line. We have need of endurance. Why? Because we want to see the promises of God come to pass in our lives. What do we got to do? We have to endure. We're going to get to the end where the finish line is. James chapter 1 verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown which God has promised to those who love him. We want to endure. We want to receive the crown. We want to finish the race. Then the good news is you can endure. Paul said, being confident. What, what is our confidence in? Is our confidence in just ourselves and our flesh? It's just our own strong ability to make it? No, our, our confidence is in God. That I can see the promises of God. That I can get to the finish line where the promises of God are fulfilled. Man, I have need of endurance. And then God is giving me the endurance I need. The second thing is, the first thing is we need to have patient endurance. The second thing is we need to have joy. We touched on this already in this series. But you need to enjoy the journey of life till you hit the finish line. And if you think, you know, no, I'm just going to have joy when I hit the finish line. Hey, if you are in one of those 30-year seasons, that's a long time to go without joy. But you need to decide to have joy every day. Why? Because joy is something that comes from the inside. Joy is something that comes from our relationship with God, not from circumstances. That you can decide to have joy in the middle of something difficult. James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us this. James 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What are you talking about, James? What do you mean consider it joy? Pure joy. It isn't actually joy. If you, if you know Paul is getting whipped 39 times, it's not like, hey, this is a moment of enjoyment for me. But he said, consider it joy. Not that there is joy in the thing, but you are going to decide in the middle of a circumstance that you are going to have joy. Joy from your relationship with God. Scripture tells us in the book of Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So for you to be strong, to get to the finish line, got to have joy. Got to decide, I'm going to count it joy. I'm going to decide to have joy in the middle of a bad report. In the middle of hearing something that's not good, what do we need to do? And this is not necessarily, you don't have to do this for your friends or you don't have to do it to impress people, but there should be like a little smile that comes up on your face and you're going to think, God is going to see me through this too. 
I can have joy right now because I know God is going to see me through. I know God is going to take me to the finish line. His promises fulfilled. But I am going to count it joy. I'm going to decide to be a joyful individual. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. What is that? Endurance. We just talked about that. Let perseverance or patience finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mature. It means to grow up. You know, when you are of a certain age, maybe when you were a toddler, hopefully not afterwards, everything threw you into a tizzy, right? And you're going to fall on the floor. You're freaking out. That's okay when you're two. But when you're 32, it's not a good thing. (laughs) That I'm going to be mature. That I'm going to decide to have joy. But this is happening. And this is happening. And this is happening. And this is happening. The Apostle Paul knows. He's like, hey, we can make it to the finish line. How are we going to make it to the finish line? Man, we are going to count it joy. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart. Have you ever talked to somebody who's crushed? Their spirit is crushed. Circumstances have crushed them. What is it that we try to do in that moment? Moment We try to lift them out of that. We try to encourage them. Why? Because what do we know, man? You, you can't stay crushed like that. God doesn't want you to stay crushed like that. So what do we do? We encourage somebody. We try to give somebody joy. We try to p- put a smile on somebody's face. Why? Because a joyful heart is good medicine. Don't we know that that's true? Have you ever just laughed with your friends? You know, you just laughed at nothing. You know, you can get together with old friends and you can laugh at nonsense. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here today? And then you just go away from a night of laughter and you say, I needed that. What did you need? You needed a joyful heart. Why? Because it's good medicine for your life. So we decide to have joy. The last thing that we're going to do is we're going to rely on God's grace to get to the finish line. See, what we read there about the Apostle Paul would be described as Paul's thorn in the flesh. And that just means everywhere Paul went, there was revival and there was riot. And the enemy would raise up people against Paul. And he would face difficulties and struggles everywhere he would go to plant a church and there would be difficulties and struggles. And this is the way life feels like sometimes. It's just thing after thing, a blow after blow. But how did Paul make it through? How did Paul go through all of that stuff? And then write to Timothy. As an old man, I fought the fight. Kept the faith. I finished the race. How did he do it? We're going to see it here in these verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. He says this. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Everybody say that, a messenger of Satan. In other words, it wasn't from God's 
Paul's opposition was not from God. The opposition that you are facing is not from God. The things that you feel that want to make you quit, they are not from God. The enemy's coming. Coming against your life. Why? Because your life is important. The race that you are running is important. Uh, but yeah, but I'm not the Apostle Paul. But it doesn't matter. The Apostle Paul doesn't get to live in 2019. You do. Your life is important. The things that you're doing right now are important. Your relationships are important. Your job is important. Your education is important. Your health is important. The purposes of God for your life are important. What does the enemy want to do? The enemy wants you to stop. The enemy wants you to go in your bedroom, pull the shades down, and say, I quit. Too hard, it's too difficult, it's too much of a hassle. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. The power of God is sufficient for you and I. It's not that we're not going to face struggles or difficulties on the race of life, on the journey that we're on right now. But the same thing for Paul is also true of us. What does God say to us? My grace is sufficient. It means it's enough. And what do we know about God? That he's more than enough. My grace is sufficient for you. God says to us, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So if you might be saying in the middle of the struggle, in the difficult, I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure if I'm strong enough. That's the perfect place for the grace of God. We need to stop relying on our strength, depending on our strength. Why? Because it's not enough. But His grace is enough. His strength is enough. His power is enough. And in fact, it's more than enough. It's more than enough every day. Well, the enemy's coming against me. The enemy's coming against me. So what? The power of God is greater. God's power is greater. He's bigger than the enemy is defeated. See, this is all the enemy has. All the enemy has is this deception for us to think, oh, I can't do it. No, his grace is enough. His grace is more than enough. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, calamities. Paul knew what he was talking about, right? In the middle of all of that, what did he decide to do? What did he know? That God's grace was sufficient. When his friends left him, when he's out there treading water, when he's shipwrecked, when he's been beaten up, what did he know as he was lying there? God, your grace is sufficient. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. Why? Because I'm relying on the strength of God. I'm relying on the grace of God. I'm relying on the power of God. Last verse, and then we're going to do water baptism here in a second. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. How are we getting to the finish line? Because we serve a faithful God. See, you could put your faith in, your trust in, a trustworthy God, a faithful God. See, that's his character. That's his nature. That's how we're going to get to the finish line. That's how we're going to see the promises fulfilled in our lives. Because he who promised is faithful. It is his strength. It is the one who gives the promise. It is the one who gives us grace that's going to carry us to the finish line. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I know that his grace is sufficient for me. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca.